It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, Silver and Black, today in Odyssey Original Podcast, covering your Las Vegas Raiders. Mo Moten, he is a national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. He's also the Raiders columnist on SportsNot.com. He is also my good friend and my broadcast partner, who you must, and I say must, it's a requirement, follow on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. Although the food narrative has gone way down, man. I don't know what you're doing. Like, I haven't seen anything on food from you in like months. You're just not eating, right? It's funny because on Monday I tweeted something out about warm potato salad. Someone had a tweet that said that potato salad is trash and coleslaw (laughs) is is great. And I said, first of all, you're eating potato salad. You're probably eating it wrong. You got to warm it up. Two, (laughs) reverse your opinions of the two foods. Coleslaw is garbage. Potato salad warm is good. And delicious. See, now I agree with you on coleslaw, although the only time I will eat coleslaw is when it's on top of a pulled pork sandwich. You won't even eat it that way? No, coleslaw okay. is definitely not on and my you have ever. you have family from the south and you won't eat coleslaw and no pulled pork. I don't and I don't I'm not if I knew a family member eating coleslaw, they would be <laughs> reprimanded right away. So they if they do eat coleslaw, they don't eat it around me. Oh my goodness. That's fine. <laughs> And I don't like potato salad, period. Like, I don't eat it very often. I, I, To be honest, I've never had it warm. I've seen your debates back and forth for the years now. But I've never <laughs> even had it warm because when I see it cold, I don't even want it. Will it change my mind if I have it warm? I think it would because wow. I, was, I didn't like potato salad at all either until I tried it warm. And then I was like, oh, this is, this is like mashed potatoes with a kick. If you like mashed potatoes, <laughs> I do like all mashed potato potatoes. salad is is mashed potatoes with an extra twang to it. Oh. That's all it is. I like the little potatoes, and you slice them in half. You take a, a, a cookie sheet. You ready? I'm giving you a recipe. You, t- you take a cookie sheet, and you put down some olive oil, um, some Parmesan cheese, some garlic, salt, and pepper, and you cut the little, you know, the little red potatoes. You cut them in half, and then you just lay them face down, and you bake them. I'm telling you, brother. So good. I take your advice for you. You're Italian, so I take your advice. Which reminds <laughs> me, by the way, I, yeah. I, want, I wanted to tell you something. I, I know this is we're probably having backdoor conversations on air here, but that, this That's is okay. very important. I watched all three parts of The Godfather this past weekend. All three parts. Only two count, but that's good. <laughs> Straight through, and I, it's it's a great movie. Oh my great gosh! Movie. Great, and sequel. yeah, I mean the best sequel ever made, in my view. Right. So two was spectacular. One was amazing. Two is spectacular. Three, ah, I just can't. Right. That's what happens when Francis Ford Coppola lets his daughter direct it. No offense. She's gotten better since, but it's tough. Although I haven't seen, they have a recut of it. I don't know if you watched the recut of it or if you watched the original of three. Okay. So I haven't seen the recut. Some people said it's better, so we'll have to see. But thank you. Now, you've seen Goodfellas, right? Yes. Okay, good. So, so that, so you're up to speed then. All right. Now you just I'll be watching watch... Scarface. I'll be watching Scarface tonight. Okay, you haven't seen that yet. Haven't seen that straight through. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm watching it straight through tonight, so I'll be I'll be up to speed on 
I'll tell you two things in this world. I got <laughs> I got my balls and I got my word, and I'm breaking none of them for nobody. Okay, there you go. So there's it, word. It's funny because I always seen bits and parts of it. I've never of just course. sat there and just watched it beginning to end, but I will by the end of the day, so you all be proud of me for that. True story, and we are going to get back to football here in a second, and if you're <laughs> out there complaining, why are you guys talking about food and movies? Then just move on. But anyway, so you know my wife is Cuban, right? So, so right. I go back in time to when we first were dating, and my wife says, hey, you got to come over. There's a family party. I'm like, okay. So I go over for the family party, and I am in, I am in, sans the drug and illegal activities, I am in Scarface. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? What's your name? Are you American? I mean, the doing the act, all of her relatives, all the Cubans, that it goes to show you, if ever around Cubans, Al Pacino, who's an Italian guy, nails Tony Montana the character, the Cuban accent, like nobody's business. But I was in there and I was, I was starting, I met a couple of her cousins and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, I feel like I'm in the movie. <laughs> it was ah. crazy. But anyway, enjoy the movie. Uh, and and, and it's, it's actually remarkable to look back at it. They're trying to remake it. Don't. They're going to change the dynamic, but it's just different. But anyway, good for you, man. I'm glad you see it. Okay. Now, speaking of... <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Okay. I saw Warren Sharp from Sharps Football uh, tweeted out this week. Um, he was talking about most expensive offenses over the last four years. Mo, I th you saw this, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Indianapolis is number one. Holy moly. Over the last four years. Now, if you think about it, they had they've been they've been trying to find quarterbacks, so they're overpaying for guys that aren't performing, right? Which is of course Philip Rivers, who then ended up retiring on them, and then the Carson Wentz deal, which again they paid thirty four million dollars this year for nothing. Um, and then you have Dallas number two at four hundred and seven. Not surprising with the money they doled out to Prescott, uh, to Elliot. Zeke, all those guys, right? Mm -hmm. Number three, Green Bay. Green Bay surprised me. It's $404 million. I, I understand the big Aaron Rodgers deal, and they had Devontae Adams for a while, but they have done nothing. I, it's, it's crazy. Number four, Tampa Bay. So you have Indianapolis, Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay. Number five is a tough one. Cleveland. Can you imagine? All that money, Mo, Cleveland. And what have They finished, what, over 500 once? Right? One playoff win. Yep, and one playoff win, I think. One playoff win. That's number five. Number six, guess who that is, Mo? The Las Vegas Raiders slash Oakland Raiders. $387 million for what? One game under 500 was the best year, correct? Well, they got nope. to the playoffs. They got to the playoffs last year. But holy moly, then, then you have Tennessee, you have the Chargers, Washington, San Francisco, the bottom five. So the teams who spent the least amount of money on offense and the surprise is the last one. And I'll get to that. It's Carolina, Miami, Pittsburgh, Denver. And they haven't had a quarterback. That's why. And then Baltimore. So I bring this up to talk about the Raiders, of course. But secondarily, Baltimore... If they really love Lamar Jackson, they should just give him his money. They don't spend anything on offense. $273 million in four years. 
that's pretty interesting. And I, what I surmise from that is Lamar being on the rookie deal. Yes. They decided they, not to pay Orlando Brown. Remember, they traded him to the yep. Chiefs. That would have boosted yep. it. Uh, they have Ronnie Stanley that was making a pretty penny. But I think you're right. I think that's a pretty good takeaway from, from that is people who are criticizing Lamar Jackson. Look at what Baltimore is spending on their offense while he was there. Yeah. So I, I would say sign a big time wide receiver if you know if you want to make Lamar happy. That should be one of the things you do. But but Baltimore, their identity is they're gonna run the ball. And as we know, running backs don't make a lot of money. Right. Right. So I think that's that that that's baked into that number. But it also, as you pointed out, astutely, is that you know, you want to make Lamar happy, you want him to stop sending out these cryptic messages on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Pay for a wide receiver to come to Baltimore and, and give him a number one. But but here's the thing, Mo. What wide receiver in their right mind is going to go to Baltimore when they don't run, they don't pass the ball? They have a quarterback. Now, some people like Lamar, some don't. I happen to be a Lamar fan. The injuries are a problem, but I think the injuries are brought about partly because he doesn't throw the ball. He has to run. He doesn't have receivers. But if I'm a wide receiver, do I want to go? Even though, even if I like Lamar Jackson, do I want to go there with the way that we're on that offense? A couple of things here, and I don't want to get off onto a Lamar Jackson tangent. But <laughs> what I, a lot of people aren't honest when it comes to the Lamar Jackson discussion. I'm just going to state up front: a lot of people are afraid to criticize Lamar Jackson because they're afraid to be called racist. You think after that? what happened? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I, wait, a minute I, wait a minute! You really? You think that? I honestly believe that a lot of people are afraid to criticize them because they're afraid of the backlash they're going to get on social media. People are going to say, are you, you know, are you saying black quarterbacks can't do this? Are you saying black quarterbacks can't mm -hmm. do that? And I think that's part of why some people don't say certain things about Lamar, even though we know it to be true. Like when I said, you're going to pay Lamar Jackson 50 million. If he wants that money, all power to him. Cause if Deshaun Watson can get that, he, Lamar should be able to get it. But you have to look at the fact that he's missed 11 games over the last two years. I, I saw mm. a number. He's played one December, January game over the last two years because wow. he's been hurt at the end of the year after getting mm. banged up with all of these runs. Now I can also say, yes, the Ravens should pay for a top flight wide receiver to come there with Lamar. But if we're being honest with Lamar, about Lamar Jackson, now this may be part partially because Greg Roman likes to run the football. He's not the most high volume passer. Let's remember right. that Hollywood Brown wanted to be traded. The Raiders did the Ravens didn't just trade Hollywood Brown to the Cardinals. He requested to leave Baltimore because he wanted to get paid because he wanted more passes thrown his way. Yeah. Part of that is on Greg <laughs> Roman and part of that is on Lamar Jackson. We, we have to be honest about that discussion. Yeah, and and listen, I think my criticism of Lamar Jackson, because again, I like him as a player. He's an incredibly dynamic athlete. My problem with him is I, not only the injuries, I just didn't, after his MVP campaign, I just didn't see him get better. I didn't see him elevate his performance in every facet of the game. And so to me, that's where my concern would be. And I just don't think, if I'm Lamar Jackson... You want the bank, I get it. And I think, you know, hey, you, you get what the market brings. But I don't I don't know that I'd want to stay in that offense. I if I was gonna sign there long term, I'd say, listen, we gotta we gotta come to some agreement here because if I'm just gonna be a running quarterback that doesn't throw the ball very much, yeah, maybe he's willing to take the money and be that guy. I don't think so though. I don't think to reach his full potential that he can do it. And I think that you're right. There has to be an honest discussion about his limitations and his lack of growth. And maybe that's the franchise. Maybe if he was 
I'm just going to throw it out there. Maybe if he was with Josh McDaniels or if he was with Sean Payton in Denver, I know they're not looking for a quarterback, or if he was somewhere else where they would open up the offense uh, to at least throwing the ball. It doesn't even have to be a long vertical game, Mo. It just has to be a higher volume of passing. And I don't want people to hear me out in this the wrong way because I know some Raider fans wanted Lamar Jackson in Vegas. And I'm yeah. not blaming Lamar. I'm not blaming this all on Lamar for his no. low numbers. What I'm saying is that it's a, it's a combination of Greg Roman being a run first guy. And Lamar has, has said that he want that. I believe he was kind of passive aggressive about this. Someone tweeted Emery hunt out of CBS sports said that Lamar Jackson ran a pro style offense at Louisville. Yeah. He's capable of doing more. It's just a matter of was did Greg Roman trust him to do more. Now we don't know. So we can't speak on that, but I will say that, with Todd Monken coming in, the Ravens did hire a new offensive coordinator, Todd Monken, who comes out of Georgia. Georgia, with all their success, back-to-back championships, Stenson Bennett goes from a walk-on to a guy everyone knows his face now, who he is, two-time champion. I, I think that could help Lamar if he wants to stay. The, 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 the shaky thing is there were conflicting reports about how much input Lamar had on that hiring because supposedly yeah. Lamar was supposed to be in on – what up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts hiring a new offensive coordinator and saying that he really didn't have too much input. So could be shaky ground there. Again, I don't think the Raiders go after him simply because, again, injury history and low-value passer. He's more of an off-script improvisation type of guy, and I think Josh McDaniels mm. wants a primarily a pocket passer, and Lamar Jackson is not that right at this point in his career. Yeah, it's fit. Uh, it's not just system fit, but it's ability fit, right? So to your point about Lamar Jackson, it's not that he can't pass the ball. Like you no. said, the pro-style offense, it's just that's not necessarily the type of quarterback that the Raiders – because you can't – I think fans get caught up in – and I and I totally understand it. You see a great talent, and you say, well, why wouldn't they make us better? Well, yeah, it could make you better in one way, but if your offense is doing something different and you have a different vision for what it's going to do, then it just doesn't work out. And then you think about a Deshaun Watson type. I just got off a segment where we talked about, yes, you can pay a quarterback – but do you want to pay a quarterback who's missed 11 games, you know, maybe 55, 60 million dollars a year? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, and that's just way too much money in uncertainty. If it was Patrick Mahomes right now and he was the guy we were talking about, absolutely. I'd pay it in a second. Right. But but not with not with Lamar Jackson, because you just don't know what you're getting. I think that's part of the Ravens won't say this, but I think that's part of the hesitation for them to give him a massive deal is because they they know that he's been absent for the in December and January the last Correct. two years. You just can't ignore that part of it. And if he's gonna play a style in the offense where he's gonna run the ball a lot, he's gonna get banged up. So that's something that you have to weigh in. And again, this this goes to my point about to connect it to the Raiders, why I think Josh McDaniels wants a pocket passing first quarterback not to say a statue quarterback who doesn't move but a quarterback who's more reluctant to run the football because again takes less hits and he wants a quarterback that's going to run his office the way he calls it and and with Lamar Jackson you know it's you you can tell it's a lot of it is I don't want to call it backyard football <clears throat> but it's a lot of 
okay, the play breaks down. He makes a split decision to take off with the football. Sometimes that'll make some offensive coordinators pull out their hair when they see that. <laughs> For certain. But I, I thought it was an interesting discussion just because I know fans, you know, they always look at players and say, well, if they're one of the best players in the NFL, why wouldn't we go get them? And so we gave you some reasons there why. It's the same reasons we talked about, for example, uh, Josh Jacobs last year, not giving him the contract. Now he had a good year this year. And I think that the Ravens, if I was the Ravens, I'd do what the, I think the Raiders should do with Josh Jacobs, and that's tag him. I mean, why not? You have it. It's in the contract. He can't hold out. Um, he can demand a trade. He can do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, he's got to come play if he wants to get paid. And so uh, we'll see what happens there. But certainly some parallels there. Of course, very different players in very different positions, but still uh, something to mention there. All right, Mo, we're going to close out this show. I hope everybody got some good uh, good feelings on how to eat potatoes <laughs> and what to watch at the Combine. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll talk more about what we saw at the Combine. Maybe we'll even be able to talk about some NFL free agent deals, Mo. Hopefully. And we didn't mention this in the show, but... Albert Breer put out a report saying that Derek Carr is probably going to get less than $35 million a year. Ah. Now, that's important for the Raiders because if the Raiders are, are eyeing a Jimmy Garoppolo, I think Jimmy Garoppolo and Derek Carr are going to be in the same boat as far as what they're going to make. I believe within $5 million, they're going to make about the same per year on their new deal. So if Derek Carr isn't getting $35, let us say he gets $31, $32, Jimmy Garoppolo, may, you may be able to get Jimmy Garoppolo for $28, $30. I still wouldn't want Jimmy Garoppolo at that number because of injuries, but if the Raiders are considering it, because I did read Peter King's report, and he basically said that the Raiders may not want to spend a lot. If like if the cost gets too high for a free agent quarterback, they may not want to spend a lot. So if it exceeds $30 million, they may yeah. be off of Jimmy Garoppolo, and you may see Jared Stidham and rookie quarterback as a combination. Yeah, and we, we also heard uh, so far early this week that Jared Stidham is in discussions with the Raiders about a new contract. I, I Listen, granted, somebody comes out of left field and offers the guy a ton of money, you know, over asking price, really. Uh, I don't see any way the Raiders don't sign Jared Stidham. So at the very least, you have Jared Stidham going into camp as your, uh, your, your starter, uh, which I know a lot of fans are comfortable with if they go that approach with a young quarterback. Um, but, but the car situation, the value there – is going to be interesting. I also have seen a lot of people over the last week, and I was out there being your PR guy. I was your hype man about the Mac Jones stuff because everybody said you were crazy. What was that? Five? Oh my gosh, six weeks ago. Um, that that you were crazy. That he sucks. <laughs> all this kind of stuff, and then suddenly we started. We're starting to see all these people come over and say, you know, Mac Jones might be in the opportunity. Mac Jones might be available. Then the Patriots say, no, he's absolutely not available, which always means that they're available. I, I just quick comment on that. And I like, I don't, I don't like to rub it in. I let the people do the talking for me. I don't like to rub <laughs> certain things in. I do it for you. I just, I, yeah, I, I, and I, and I appreciate you for that, but I, you know, I was on this show and I mentioned Zach, Zach, Mac, Zach Jones, Mac Jones, mid January. Yes. And as you said, people are like, Oh Mo, why would they do that? It's crazy. Since then, I've seen RG3. I've seen Hondo out of Sports Illustrated. Shout out to Hondo. I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, taking a shot at Hondo, but shout out to Hondo. He's on the Mac Jones train. Yep. And I've seen other reporters mention, oh, maybe the Raiders should call the Patriots about Mac Jones. Because I'll say this. <laughs> even though Tom Curran, who's a Patriots reporter, went on the Rich Eisen show and said, no way that the Patriots are shopping Mac Jones. It doesn't mean... He's not available if you make a call and a good offer. 
Because exactly. when he wrote in his and his in an article of the QB breakdown of the Patriots, he also said that uh, Bailey Zappi's progress in the offseason could impact how the Patriots handle Mac Jones. So if Bailey Zappi looks good in the early spring, the Patriots may be more open to moving Mac Jones. Now I know that's after the draft, it's after the fact, but who knows in 2024, Mac Jones could still be in the trade chatter and he may wind up on the Raiders as a possibility. I will not let go of that idea because I think it's a good idea while he's still on a rookie contract. And I know a lot of, a lot of the, 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 re, the rebuttals to you on that have, been, at least that I've seen have been, well, we have Jared Stidham, right? Not that he's not much better. And I would say that actually he is better. He started for an entire season uh, yes. I know the Pro Bowl is a diminished honor now, but still, he he made the playoffs. Scott, he was second offensive rookie of the year voting. Correct, behind yeah. Jamar Chase, of course. Right, but and he then, got some offensive rookie of the year votes. Right, and he lost a lot of his roster on the offense, and he had a bad defensive coordinator <laughs> running his offense. So, would he? He's better than Jared Stidham at this point. I'm not saying that that it'll happen. But I, I think a lot of people are dismissing Mac Jones without knowing much about him or have watched him play. Not only is he better, he's done way more than Jared Sim in that yeah. offense. Jared Sim's only started two games <laughs> under Josh McDaniels. As you said, Mac Jones started a complete season, got the Pro Bowl honor. I know Pro Bowl doesn't mean a lot to people, but I, as I said, he got some Offensive Rookie of the Year votes as well. Yeah. And he's about to have his third but, coordinator in three years. People always want to say, well, Carr hasn't had stability and all of this stuff. <laughs> And they didn't say, well, Mac Jones is a bum. He's about to have his third play offensive play caller in three years. But it, what kills me, though, is when Raider fans call him cocky or that he's a jerk. And I'm thinking, did you ever hear about Lyle Alzado or <laughs> any of the greater I mean, greats who are I mean, such great, awesome players? It's like, who cares? That's what you want. You want he's he's arguing on the sideline with coaches. That's a red flag. Tell Rich Gannon that. Rich Tell, Gannon. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> If you if you liked Rich Gannon, I think you would like Mac Jones at it too. Because yes. Rich Gannon was fire. He would fire back at the coaches. And I yep. know Mac Jones is much younger, so he has much few he has fewer pelts on the wall. Mm -hmm. But I, I want I'd prefer a guy who's gonna speak up about what he likes and doesn't like versus a guy that just stands at the podium and says, Everything's all good, it's fine. A <laughs> passive guy. I'm not gonna mention any names, but I, no. I would like a fiery quarterback who's gonna tell me what's on his mind versus a quarterback who's not gonna tell me anything. Yes. And it's interesting because this conversation, I know you started with the Derek Carr, the and, and you brought up Derek Carr just because of the 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 figure. It's it, it's interesting because of where that number is. Uh and also we're seeing Derek Carr his PR team has done a great job putting out, and of course, the story about the Jets telling him he'd be a Hall of Famer and all this kind of stuff. It appears that Derek Carr is is sort of a plan B with a bunch of teams. They're still waiting to for the Aaron Rodgers ball to drop. They're still waiting to see what happens there because and, and what the market will set and these free agent deals that could come starting this week, right? So so it's interesting to see the value there because Derek Carr would have gotten what thirty nine million from the Raiders this year, and so even if a team had traded for him, they would have been on the hook for that money. Now they can get him for a little bit less, which is kind of what you and I expected would happen. Yeah, absolutely. There were, there were an array of numbers. There were some people like Derek Carr is going to get, you know, 40 million. I was like, I don't think so. Yeah. I think that, that's a little high for a quarterback. And I get wins and losses aren't a quarterback stat, but you got to look at 
teams are saying, okay, what have you accomplished? You know, since being with the Raiders, we understand that the Raiders had their issues too, but they're looking at your numbers, your volume, you know, Pro Bowls. They, even though we don't think much of it, they look at stuff like that, and that determines, in some respects, how much you're going to get. So, I think it's the mark. You may think you're worth something, but the market will tell you what the league thinks of you. Well, and if you remember, uh, David Carr, after the, the the Derek Carr visit to the Jets, said, "Well, he's going to take his time. He's going to talk to a lot of people." That was a nice way of saying, well, nobody wants to sign him yet. And and it's fine on both sides because Derek Carr wants to make sure he goes to the right spot. But this is how the market moves, right, Mo? Is we now are going into a heavy week where you'll see some deals. Whether a quarterback deal happens or not, we don't know. I would expect some quarterback deal to happen. We'll see what it is. But um, this is when you start to see that, and then the dominoes fall, right? Because these GMs start to get nervous. So so somebody goes out and signs somebody or trades for Aaron Rodgers, and everybody's like, okay, now it's our turn. we got to go get our quarterback. <laughs> it's amazing how it happens. It's almost like sixth-grade schoolyard. I think Derek Carr is going to sign with the team within seven, eight days. I say within a week he'll he'll sign with the team. It may not be for a massive number, but I think he'll yeah. he'll settle on the team. But I will say – Remember the reports out that the Jets feel like Derek Carr could be a Hall of Fame quarterback. Would you wait? Would you let a Hall of Fame quarterback wait that long on the market if you really mm-hmm. thought he could be a Hall of Famer? So I, I say that not to take a shot at Derek Carr or anyone who likes him. I say that to say that teams are going to say whatever they want to say to make you feel comfortable to sign with them. Of course. They're going to tell course. you all the, all the great things at the dinner table. It, the money, what they're offering you tells you everything you need to know, though. Exactly. And I still believe, and I go back to January 2 when, when Derek Carr was benched and you said it, and I agree 100%, and I still I don't know exactly which team, but the NFC South is where he will end up. I mm-hmm. say he ends up in New Orleans still. That's that. If I was going to bet that it, that's what option. I would do mm-hmm. because to me that's the better team. Okay, you could say Carolina's a little better maybe, but I think for his situation – uh, and and what they have in New Orleans, the familiarity too, obviously with the coach Dennis Allen, makes it fit. So I I would if dollars to donuts, I would bet on New Orleans. So we'll have to see how that goes down, and maybe that happens this week too. You never know. And that was my initial landing spot for him was New Orleans. So we'll see if that shakes out. Mostradamus speaks. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> He is 100%. All right. We are going to step aside for this episode. We're going to close it out. We appreciate you guys being with us. Mo, we're going to talk to you on Thursday. My man, what do you got coming up people need to watch out for? I have a column coming out on Wednesday, but I don't want to spoil it. Oh. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about a lot of combine stuff, so that will get you in gear with that, which I think really quick, just not going off on a tangent, but the NFL schedule is weird. We focus on rookies in the combine, then we switch over to free agency, then we switch back over to rookies in the draft. It's <laughs> odd, but anyway, we're going to talk a lot of combine. I'm going to have a lot of combine columns coming out. Well, look at that. Mr. Combine. Captain Combine Midtown <laughs> Mo. He just keeps piling up Nick teams. It's like crazy. All right, my man, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Absolutely. Sounds good. All right, that's going to do it for us. Again, thank you for joining us. If you don't subscribe to the podcast, please do so. We would appreciate it very much. Wherever you get your audio, also up on YouTube. Thank you again to everybody in the chat for participating. We'll see you on Thursday. Make sure you subscribe there and also hit the notifications bell. Make sure you follow Mo, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully, and you can follow the show at SNB Today. For our producer, David Stepani and Mo Moten, I am Scott Branson. We'll talk to you next time, Raider Nation.